2: And I'm your uh, host, uh, co
1: host.
3: <laughs> here we go Gee, again. Here we go I again. Can't believe it. Nice, nice Last way to close down show your, of the year.
2: The last show, and I. I and you're it up again.
3: taking it over still <sighs> again. Oh, I'm the
2: sous chef of the Garden. And I'm,
3: what is your New Year's resolution, uh, Frank? I shall
2: not refer to myself as host. I shall say, <laughs> I am helping Charlie once again produce a wonderful show, The Garden <laughs> Show, at AM 740. That's what I'll say. Okay. Yeah. And but you're in a more succinct fashion. Oh, okay.
3: So mm-hmm. that's going to be your resolution for 2013. <laughs> yeah. I, I, You're I never going to take over the show well, again. Well, you know,
2: it, was, it, threw, I, it threw me. I, I, I looked up and saw the <laughs> handsome face of, of Dan, yes. of the new producer here. Yes,
3: exactly. And Welcome. Just
2: threw, because there was a big smile on his face. Mm. And uh, we're not used to smiles around here. No, because no. we're
3: evil, nasty, uh, mean yes, people. Yes,
2: yes. People, you know, you've seen that commercial on for Buckley's with the 10-foot pole? That's how people walk around the station. cut got <laughs> 10-foot poles, and they keep poking Charlie and I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Frank Proctor here, Charlie Dobbin, the Master Gardener with us, and uh, hey, uh, a blighted Merry Christmas. You have oh, a good Thank one. you
3: very much. Uh, lovely. Very nice.
2: Yeah, and uh, cool. well, actually, ours, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I feel sorry for my wife, Di. This is the second year in a row she didn't wind up with any turkey. Uh, oh! Yeah. Well,. well uh, on uh, Christmas Eve, we went over to our my older son Kelly mm-hmm. uh, his place and had lobster. Mm, so that's okay. And then uh, we were going to be going to Kitchener Waterloo to visit her ninety eight year old dad and the rest of the family there. Weather yeah, that crapped out. So we said no. So, so what did no you do? Turkey? Go to Swiss Chalet? No. No. We well, we stayed in town here for a, for a bit and uh, just had, went out and. Had, uh, More lobster. Yeah, no, no, we didn't have lobster, <laughs> <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough. But uh, we got through okay. Yeah. We've done all right. That's
3: good. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah. yeah, well, we had lots of turkey at our place. Though it was at my brother's place this year, which was nice. It's a good break. Yeah. We take turns with the events, the yeah. Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas events. So exactly. between my brother's house and, and my house, the, the families joined together, and it was really, really, really nice.
2: Well, the thing is, though, that die. Always looks forward to the leftovers. Not ah, so much. It's, it's not so yeah. much the the turkey dinner, nope. but it's the leftovers. Like you can have turkey sandwiches, hot turkey sandwiches. I think you should get on it. You, you know, can do uh, it.
3: Get a turkey. Just get a little well, turkey. Get a Cornish hen.
2: Yeah. Wait for when you get home. Is there any cranberry sauce left out there? That's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I better. I better the get, numbers. Uh, yeah. Get the numbers. Get on the the numbers. Air. Uh, well, uh, belated Merry Christmas, folks, and uh, coming up soon, a very Happy New Year, yeah. You have phone numbers for the Toronto area to reach Charlie Dobbin here at AM 740. Here they are, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And our little mantra goes, call early, call often, one question, one question call. Mm. There you go.
3: All right, couple of quick announcements. Yeah. I mentioned last week and I'll mention it again that on January the 9th, the Burlington Horticultural Society will be hosting a garden a general meeting um 7:30 p.m. They meet at the Burlington Senior Center, which is 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The speaker is Master Gardener Marjorie Latimer and she'll be speaking about sustainable gardening so there of course there are refreshments and everyone is welcome so certainly check that out if you're looking to chat about gardening on the evening of january the 9th uh eve or not evening but afternoon of january the 13th one thirty to three thirty p.m the ontario rock garden and hardy plant society will be meeting now again everybody is welcome there's no admission charge it's uh the meetings take place mm-hmm. at the toronto botanical gardens which is of course Leslie and Lawrence Avenues here in Toronto. Uh, coffee starts at 1 o'clock. The meeting speaker is Virginia Hildebrand and she'll be speaking about micropropagation. So the process of micro so propagating plants but with at the cellular level so you're not taking big cuttings and that yeah. sort of thing. These tiny, are, tiny. Exactly. Using test tubes and mm-hmm. little tiny bits of cells and then growing the cells up which is cloning right? That's what they, yeah, they've yeah. been working on with animals as well.
2: I once wrote a song uh, called "Clone <laughs> Encounter of the First Kind." No, I, 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 I'm uh, sure you do. Of the third kind, of hate it, was. <laughs> but it was. And
3: would you like to <laughs> sing that for us later, uh, Frank? Later, uh, later, and much hey, later. I, I
2: might, I might be brought on to sing that song sooner. I think because oh, we're we're getting a call through now. So... I have
3: some email too. If, if uh, nobody have? wants oh, to okay. call us because they're all still in bed, you know, uh, yeah. Well, it's a tough
2: time of year. People are so busy. There are Boxing Day sales that still continue. I haven't gone
3: up. near a store. No,
2: oh, no. oh, I'll tell you about our Boxing Day event. Oh, <laughs> my bet. God, I couldn't believe it. You're nutty n- people, what? including us. I was
3: going to say, well, there you go, you're out but... there. You can only blame <laughs> I know, yourself.
2: I can't blame anybody <laughs> else. <laughs> anyway, right. uh, lots of lots of time to call, folks. And uh, we'll be back with uh, a little chat with Carol in Scarborough, who's just called in. So, Carol, get set to chat with Charlie in just a moment here at AM 740 Zoomer Radio.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And I, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, welcoming Carol from Scarborough to the light. Good morning, Carol. Hello, Carol.
1: Hi, I'm
4: here. Yeah, Good there you are. Okay. <laughs> My question is... I need to know a fast-growing bush that will form a hedge, grow in shaded location in the woods.
3: Oh wow! Well, wow. Shade, bush? shaded in the woods. So yeah. why do you want a hedge in the woods?
4: Because it uh, separates the neighbor. We just bought this property, and we want to, you know, divide the properties.
3: Uh huh. And and you want to grow. And right now, is there big trees and it's all open oh, yeah. below?
4: Yeah, lots of trees.
3: Any particular kind of trees, like maple trees, that sort of thing? Or?
4: Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm not sure. I don't know trees.
3: Yeah, well, shade is is always a bit tough when it comes to hedges, because you know hedges create their own shade. Right. Um, first, when you said you're looking for a fast-growing hedge, what came to mind is something called alpine current. Now, it's a deciduous hedge, so alpine like the alpines, and then current. Sea- All right. R R A N T. However, and it will grow in half day sun, half day shade. It will not grow in pure shade, and okay. it will drop its leaves in the in the fall. So suddenly, your hedge isn't creating any privacy in the winter. Right. For an evergreen hedge that will grow in the shade, your best bet. Well, there's two good choices. One is U. Yeah. So Y E W. Yeah. Or um, hemlock. Hemlock. Hemlock, but. Again, they'll grow in the shade, but to plant those in amongst existing trees, of course it's a bit tricky because you've got probably lots of roots in there, and of course you'll have to be, you know, amend the soil, water thoroughly as required for the first couple of years just to ensure that the plants get established and can grow up. Now they won't grow quickly, nothing's going to grow quickly in the shade. That's the one thing.
2: All right. (laughs)
3: Okay. All right. Hope that helps. Oh, well, we'll try it. All right. Thank Let us know. All right. You're, Have you're a, welcome. Bye-bye. Have
2: a great new year, by the way.
5: And you too.
2: Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Nine fifteen is uh, you listen in here to AM seven forty Zoomer Radio, and we'll be on to more calls. You had some uh, other information here that you wanted to pass along, or at least uh, um, an email you wanted to deal with, right?
3: Yes. Is that? Yeah. May I do
2: that? You certainly may. Oh, owner of it's the your garden show. show. <clears throat> you, you can do whatever you like. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was going to tell you just before I get to this email, you were talking about, you know, family and stuff. So for Christmas, we got a little bit of snow and that was a nice thing. And I love a white Christmas. And I keep the bird feeder empty all through the gardening season because it's too much involved in the garden. And between my kitty cat and his friends... They all hang around in the garden at the base of the bird feeder, uh-huh. and just pick off the birds because there 's a lot of good cover for the cats pick off
2: the birds
3: it 's horrible, so so I never feed the birds in during the regular season, but right. when winter comes suddenly it 's a little more open, and the cats can 't disappear the way they can in the summer, so for Christmas, I gave the birds a nice full feeder of food (laughs) Well, my kitty cat has just been having a grand old time he went out there that first snowfall he just went whipping out there like he was some kind of a little bunny rabbit i mean he was just like (laughs) hoppity hoppity hop all over the yard like the birds are flying all over and he's flying around after them it was hilarious so it's no he didn't catch you in the pool no no good He's getting too fat for that, I think. <laughs> he used to be able to leap tall buildings, but, you know, he's just yeah, he's getting yeah. he's four years old. He's fattening up. What can I say? Anyway, quick email from Thomas Hickey. I love this kind of email because this is, uh, Dear Charlie and Frank, I found your show on, t- in quotes, TuneIn Radio. Mm. So write that down, TuneIn Radio. It's an app for uh, for the iPhone. Okay. Okay, so if you had an iPhone, you get the app called TuneIn Radio. I live in southern New Jersey, the Garden State. I just love your show. One of the best I've heard across North America, and I have listened to many. So Well, thank this man has good taste. I was going to yes. say thank you for that, Thomas. Now, his question was, I start many seeds indoors and have had fungus gnats from time to time. Where do they come from? How can I prevent them? And how is the best way to treat them if they appear? Uh, so, here is uh, the, tr- this, the scoop on fungus gnats and what Thomas experiences, many of us experience, so that's why it's mm-hmm. a really good question. It happens when we start seeds, particularly because when we start seeds, we use uh, an indoor potting mix or a mm-hmm. seeding mix, which we buy in a bag and it should be completely sterile, but we need to keep it quite moist. When we're growing seeds, there's, you know, a pretty high level of moisture required. So what happens is that the high level of moisture means fungus grows. Once there's some fungus growing, who knows where they seem to come from, but fungus gnats arrive. Now, they are obviously in that mix or in the house uh, they 're little tiny when they their little eggs uh, hatch they 're just little tiny worms, like you can 't even see them with the naked eye, but the, those little worms or larvae eat the fungus in the soil, then when they grow up, just like the grubs in the garden they they grow up, they pupate now they have wings, and they start flying around and they 're like little gnats, little yeah, black yeah. fruit flies they look like flying around your house. You know they're in your plants because if you bang the side of the pot, the whole cloud of black flies flies Mm up. So where do they come from? They are obviously dormant eggs somewhere, whether they're in your existing houseplants or they're coming in your soil. You can always, if you're worried, you can always sterilize your soil by baking it in the oven, right? Uh Take it out of the bag. Lay it out on cookie sheets, bake it for a period of time, you know, 350 degrees for an hour. That will kill anything in it if a you're worried. Yeah. And then obviously cool it off before you use it. Uh, so now you know there's nothing alive in that soil, but it should be sterile soil anyway in a in a mm-hmm. closed bag. Now, the idea is uh, we need to keep that soil moist so we know there's going to be some fungus growing when we're starting our seeds. If fungus gnats appear there's two things I recommend. One is try and cut back your watering a bit. Mm-hmm. Less fungus, fewer insects. And number two, there's a product made by Safers called Sticky Sticks. So sticky, like sticky, and S-T-I-X. So it looks a bit like, it's the idea of the flypaper idea, but this it is yellow. It's like a popsicle stick. Yeah, it comes way. with a, with sticks yep. and then this bright yellow sticky paper that you add sink these little sticks into the soil of the pots mm-hmm. wherever you've got this problem. And these little fungus gnats, they love yellow, and they'll fly right into it and, of course, get stuck on that sticky paper. And the idea is you want them to get stuck so that they can't go back and lay eggs in the soil. Slowly but surely, you will eliminate the adults, and once you eliminate the adults, there will be no more eggs. You'll have no more adults, ultimately.
2: Well, there It you does are. work.
3: It, it takes a few weeks, but it
2: does work. Well, good, hey handily dealt with, and thank that gentleman for uh, writing to you Absolutely. via email. Absolutely.
3: That was Thomas, Thomas Hickey in Burlington, New Jersey. I
2: hope he's tuned in this morning. Oh, I hope so, too. Well, let's see. We've got uh, Paul online from St. Catharines. Hi, Paul.
6: Hi. Hi. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, I have
2: uh, a couple of uh, plants that I've uh, propagated from cuttings. Mm-hmm. One was like a, a rose, and the other one's uh, honey, honey nut butter or whatever vine. Honeysuckle. And, and I was wondering how long they have to grow there before I can transplant them.
3: Well, so where are they now? Hello? Hello, where are they now? Oh, hello, Paul. Can you hear me?
2: Hello? Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Paul,
3: <laughs> Paul, can you hear us at all?
2: Dear me. <laughs> well, that's the first. That's good. Um, uh, at a gardening show, manure is not fine. you go. You know what the Absolutely.
3: Heck, yeah. uh, okay, so Paul hopefully has now gone over to his radio and turned it up. Uh, okay. Here's the. He didn't tell me where they were, but he's propagated from cuttings, both roses and honeysuckle. And he wondered how long does he have to keep them in a holding pattern before right. he can plant them out where they belong. Now, assuming he's got the he's got them to the point where roots have grown. And those little rooted cuttings Mm -hmm. are in little tiny pots. I'm hoping those pots are outside, which is where they should be. These are outdoor plants. But those little pots with those little cuttings should be buried under the ground for the winter. Uh, If they're not, and he's got them inside then the chance of survival is not great because they really do need a dormant period. So best, if you can figure out a way to get them outside slowly, uh, introduce them to the outside through, you know, take them out of the garage, whatever, get them dormant, get them outside, get them buried into the snow or the soil. Come spring, you can, even a little tiny plant can mm-hmm. be planted in its f- new and final location as long as you can see it and remember that it's there. So even a little tiny honeysuckle vine that's only an inch tall can be planted up against the wall. But, you know, you're likely to not see it and run it right over with a lawnmower. So make sure you've got a little stake on it, a flag on it, a, some chicken wire around it, something so that you know it's there, and it will it will grow. I mean, it will fill in. Or if you say, I'm not sure where I want it yet, keep it in that pot. As it grows bigger, you may even need to pot it up to a bigger size pot. This is what the growers in the nurseries do all the time. And just water it throughout the growing season where it's sitting on your patio Come winter, bury it in the ground for the winter. Bring it back up in the spring. You know, grow it as a potted plant Mm -hmm. until you've it's a a, of a size that you are prepared to either plant it or give it away or whatever you're planning to do with it. But, uh, But sure, you can hold on to cuttings in pots for years and years as long as you remember to water them in the dry times
2: all righty but okay. that helps paul out with i that, uh, heard question. that
3: yeah he just wasn't hearing us on the mic i
2: don't know what the problem was but uh, sorry about that paul yeah. hope you caught it all uh we do have to take a little bit of a break here i'll give the phone numbers one more time we do have callers online but we'll uh, we have one line free 416 in toronto and then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 740 4740 And we'll be back to Charlie Dobbin and the Garden Show after these words.
3: Bluebells and
4: begonias, scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweetwilliums.
1: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dalvin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM
2: 740. Well, to Jacques, uh, belated... Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year yes, in advance. Uh, calling in from Newburgh, I understand. New, New Hamburg. Hamburg. New Hamburg, pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm having fun morning here, I tell you. <laughs> I blame you all on my cold. How are you doing, Jacques?
3: Not
6: bad yourself.
2: Good, thanks.
6: <laughs>
3: morning, yeah, Jacques.
6: Uh, yeah, I, morning, Dobby. I, I got a problem with an hib- abiscus.
3: Hib-
5: mm-hmm.
6: uh, I got it at the nursery uh, on the summertime, and I took it out of the pot uh, a couple of months ago and washed it all off with six sides of soap, and... Cut it right back and uh, stuck it in with some new uh, uh, dirt and put it in the house, and Mm -hmm. uh, it started to sprout again, and uh, then we got an awful lot of them with 25 or 30 buds on it. Perfect. And a couple of the flowers came out, but now the buds just seem to be falling off. They're not opening up at all.
3: Are they turning yellow before they drop off?
6: Uh, No, they just seem to drop off. Look like they've been bitten off or something, but they're just dropping right off. Hmm.
3: And this is a tropical hibiscus with the buds. Now, tell me about the temperature in your home overnight, for example. It
6: uh, probably drops down to about uh, 67, 68.
2: Hmm. That shouldn't be a problem. No, no, it shouldn't be too cool. No, and of it's, course,
6: in a, it's in a room that's in the south, uh, south facing south, too. So.
2: Which
3: is perfect. You want that. And how often are you watering?
6: Well, I haven't watered it for, for a while, but it, the but the soil is moist.
3: Oh, Right, because that was you, you did all that cutting back of root, yep. et cetera.
6: Yeah, and I, like I, I took the, the plant right out of the pot initially mm-hmm. when we got it from the nursery and washed all the roots right off completely and, uh, you know, with that uh, soap and uh, put it into new potting soil and everything else. So.
3: Did it have all those buds on it when it came into your house?
6: No, 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 no. I cut it right back to, to about three or four stalks and there was nothing on it at all. And then all the leaves started coming on it and then yeah. all the buds popped off and then two or three flowers came out. Mm. Uh, but to say now, the all the rest of them are just falling right off. They're not even opening up.
3: And this came into your house, uh, like the, you got, like you said, you got it at the nursery. You did all this cleaning up on it, repotting, and brought it in at yeah, that in point around October. Right? Okay. Yep. Huh. Well, it's an interesting question. I mean yeah so, so I'm, I'm glad you haven't watered it again, so do monitor the um, the, the sort of the moisture level of the soil. Mm-hmm. The main thing, of course, is you said you've watered it thoroughly, and now it's still damp, so you're not watering it until it really dries down again. Right, you've right. got it in lots of sun, which is perfect, and it's having you know, reasonably cool nights and warm days mm-hmm. and it sounds good. you know leaves have come out, flowers have come out, and there's no way anything's chewing it off. No no. When when there's sort of a dramatic bud drop like that, ah, yeah, you know what? I don't have an easy answer to that. I wonder. Okay, so I'm going to throw that out to our listeners. If anybody has a, a something to come back as a suggestion for what's going on, typically okay. I would think temperature, but no, not at those temperatures.
6: No, right on, right on. And there's okay, no we'll draft.
3: There's no, like, hot draft blowing on it or nope, cold? No,
6: nothing whatsoever. Nothing like that at all.
3: Okay. Um. Yeah, so leave that with me. Let me see if I can come up with any suggestions. But right now, what you're doing sounds perfect. Okay. Consider misting it on occasion with a mister just to keep the humidity up.
6: Right, okay.
3: Uh, you know, it could be a humidity issue that it's dry in your homes, mm-hmm. you know, all our homes when we've got the furnace on.
6: Yeah, that's true, right. Or
3: even a tray, a pebble tray below the plant, remember, right mm-hmm. at ground level with some gravel. Keep
6: the some moisture up around the that's area. That's right.
3: Keep the, mm-hmm. the pot on top of the gravel. Keep water in the gravel, keep that humidity up that way. It might be something like that, That's just lack of humidity. The plant is responding, but it sounds fine otherwise.
2: Right on. Okay, bye Okay.
3: Fine. Well, okay. thanks so Happy much for your call. Yeah, and you too. All
2: okay, the best back. to uh, all the folks there in New Hamburg. Thank you, Sean. Okay, you, John. you too, then. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye now. 9.29 here on uh, this last Saturday of the year as you listen into the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. It's the, the last
3: Garden Show of the year, Yeah, that's,
2: that's right. That's absolutely true. So I'll see you next year. Oh, oh we still got another half hour to go. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Susan in Toronto is on the line. Hi, Susan.
7: Hello. How Good, are you both? This very morning?
2: well, other than a, a cold that I picked up, and everybody oh, seems no. to. Yeah, you know, you get it, and uh, what are you going to do? Mm. You know, morning,
3: know. Susan. Time of the year to have a cold? No, no not at all. Not. It's because Frank parties so much.
2: <laughs> I am a party animal. <laughs> I told him if he she accuses me of that, get and to, it's to not bed
3: too. early and drink
7: his <laughs> chicken soup. He'd
3: be better off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, how about you? I understand it's a birch tree you got a problem well,
7: with. Well, yes, I do. But actually, I live in Minden. I'm just visiting my mom. So oh. I'm calling from Toronto. Okay. And I love your show. Thank you. Yes, and quite often I have to work on Saturday mornings, so this is a treat for me to be able (laughs) to hear your show. Oh, that's great.
3: And remember, we are a podcast on the web. You can hear the show after the show uh, through your computer if you wish to.
7: Okay, well, that is what I'm going to try and do because we have trouble getting the, uh, with the reception, you know, up there. Mm -hmm. Right. So think of me in a different time or
2: place, yeah location. Like, a different
7: zone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not a different time zone, <laughs> a different gardening zone. Uh, I think we're zone four. Okay. In Minden.
3: Probably, yeah.
7: Um, okay. Now what I wanted to do was um replace um a reasonably big spruce tree at the foot of our uh lawn, uh, right on near the road. I want to remove that and put a birch tree there. Now, I'm not sure if that's feasible because we I would say the soil is a little bit acidic, but it's in a, a little bit of a low-lying area, so it's probably mo- more moist than elsewhere. And that big spruce has been there. It's probably, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years old.
3: And spruce. why do you want to replace it?
7: Well, because I really love birches, and we've got so many spruce all around the property. Mm. Um, And I just, I can't think of a good place to put a birch tree. Mm -mm. So that's where I'd really love to have it, but...
3: Okay, so...
7: Do you think I'm sort of setting myself up for a lot of work?
3: (laughs) uh, Well, getting the spruce out will be some work, but otherwise, actually, it sounds like a pretty prime location for a birch because birch do love, obviously, open areas where they're going to get some sunshine, but they love a moist area. They're always happiest where there's moisture around their roots. Oh, excellent. So it actually is a good spot for birch in that sense. The one thing is, though, is that... Birches are not long-lived trees. Unlike okay. a spruce, which could certainly stand on the property for 50, 60, 70 years, yeah. you're pretty much lucky to get 25 years, even 30 years out of a birch. Oh. They are very susceptible to many bugs. Yeah. So that my one suggestion is if you are going to think about a birch, do go for one of the native birch. Oh, Avoid the European birches. So you want uh, something called river birch. Yes. River birch is lovely. It doesn't have a pure white bark, but it's almost a um, almost a cinnamon colored peeling kind oh, of a bark. I
7: think I know that yeah. color.
3: Well, that sounds beautiful. It's a lovely color, and it's a very very tough tree. Much tougher than your your traditional European birch, birch with yeah. the white. And they, because the, between the borers and the leaf miners and all kinds yeah. of different insects, birches can be a bit of a problem. And if you're talking about planting it fairly far from the house. It's just really hard to stay on top of the TLC that birches really need in order to stay healthy for the long term. Oh, okay. watering and fertilizing and pruning and you know, watching them. They they do they tend to be a little higher maintenance oh, than your I average spruce. Oh, I not know spurs. that either. Yeah, so <laughs> the river trees. birch is the, yeah. the best one. Go with a river birch if you can find one, and that's that's exactly what I would plant there. And of course, you can get a clump. It doesn't have to be a single tree. Yes, you know, I'd get like the, the multi-stemmed, and it's lovely. You know, get those lights out for the evening, and it's they're beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh, no, good. Good luck with that. Glad you brought that
2: up. I'm just just sitting here wondering about the native Indians when they used to make birch bark canoes. Yes. Uh, Wouldn't that be the white birch that they'd be dealing
3: with? Yes, but again, those are not long-lived trees.
2: Huh. So they'd get to them early, is what...
3: Well, you know, some beaver's going to find it and take it down <laughs> on you anyway. <laughs> Seriously, between between the boars, the miners, and the beavers. Uh, birch are popular
2: trees. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Susan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you much. Enjoy your stay here in Toronto before you get back to Minden, after all the holidays are over and such. Thank Nine, you, and happy it, new
7: year
3: to you. And thank the same you, to you, you. Thank you. Thanks.
2: Bye-bye. 9.34 our time here with Charlie Doppin of The Garden Show. And you wanted to cover one more thing here. Uh, yes, I received. Via letter.
3: Uh, exactly, I received a letter with an enclosure of a, a Ziploc bag of roots inside the envelope. And the letter is from Lauren and June Johnston of uh, in Toronto. Now they had three questions. I'm just going to look at one of the questions for now. And one of the questions is the question about these roots that were in the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, according to, to June, she says, we are plagued with roots in our drain. And I just thought of this because Susan was talking about trees, so I thought I'd share this with you. So plagued with roots in the drains okay this is inside where former sump pump used to be and beyond the roots form in tile like a thick rug we have um we have an eight block basement and they are below that trees outside are white birch red cedar alberta spruce mulberry, which are all at the rear of the house, and then there's one large maple, 60-plus years old, Mm. which grows at the front of the house. Uh, Any idea on what to do about the root? And note as well that uh, Lauren and June have lived in this home for 61 years, and they've always had the root problems. Mm. And she says, again, tiles are inside the foundation, not outside like homes of today. Well, I went to my favourite expert, Don Voorhees. He is a, a very, very skilled arborist who is trying desperately to retire, but he, he knows way too much <laughs> to retire, so none of us will let him retire. So I sent him a quick email asking him what he thought Don and uh, Don and June, June and Lorne should do about this uh, this problem with these roots. <clears throat> so he says, the root dilemma from one of your listeners can be a problem where the tree is established in clay soil. Clay soil will expand and contract, causing cracks to appear in foundations and drainage tiles. The maple, I assume, is a silver, as their roots are known to be invasive. Roots have the purpose of feeding the tree and anchoring it to the ground. Over time, the aggressive feeder roots have detected the moisture near the cracks in the tiles. This may be the easiest source of moisture and food for a stressed tree during periods of drought. Structural roots may also be damaging to foundations over time. Mulberry are also known to have a crushing root system within a short time, two to four years. So he says, if your listener must excavate, they may consider an environmentally friendly method of wrapping the tiles in a copper mesh or a copper screen placed on the foundation wall. Copper is toxic to small roots. Heavy pruning may suppress root growth. If possible, feed the tree in the root zone away from the building. When a tree or shrub is hungry, it will find the food and perhaps satisfy its needs to survive. This method works well when controlling root growth on young, newly planted trees. He said these options may help. A 60-year-old tree has had lots of time to have its way.
2: Huh. So...
3: No real easy answers there, but some good suggestions. Yeah, I the love copper that. mesh.
2: Copper is
3: great. A That's a really good idea.
2: Clever, clever little move yep. there.
3: Thank you, Don. Don Voorhees. He's the best.
2: Hey, let's uh, let's go international here, okay? Okay, I'm there. All right. Saying hi to Barbara in Buffalo. Good morning, Barbara. Welcome to the Garden Show.
8: Hello? Good morning. No. Hi. Um, I can hardly hear you. Give me one second.
2: Okay. Going to switch lines here, I presume. Uh, to a regular line, maybe. Are you there, Barbara?
8: Yes, I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Can you hear me better now? We can hear you. Can you hear us? Okay, barely, but that's okay. Alrighty. Um, I have a rhododendron, Mm -hmm. and it's um, pretty spindly. I've got like six shoots left with maybe six leaves on each. Yep. And I'm wondering if I should cut it down. Or is it gone?
3: Uh, Well, uh, how many years has it been there?
8: Well, I've been in the house five years, and and it it was there when I came.
3: Okay. Uh, Was it bigger and fatter and healthier when you moved in?
8: Mm, Maybe. I I, I can't really remember.
3: Yeah.
8: Um, It might have been a little bit...
3: Well let me let me explain to you what is the best way to care for a rhododendron and then you can decide whether this is something you want to try and save. Obviously a roto Oh I
8: save everything. Well there I, you I'm, go. I'm a saver until it really has
3: nothing left. Well well if it's like you said, it's still got leaves on it and, and branches. Let's do our best to bring it back to to its beauty because there's no question a rhododendron is a hugely valuable asset to the landscape and worth keeping if you can, you know, provide what it wants. The trick, right. the trick is it does not want to be in a situation where it gets hot sun, so hot afternoon sun. No western location for rhododendrons. East, okay. northeast is very good. Lots of dappled early day sun is great, but no hot afternoon sun. If, oh, boy. So if it's in like a southern or western location, that might be part of what's going on is part of the problem. Okay. The other thing that rotos really need is they need um, a, very, a, a very organic soil, lots and lots of peat moss, uh, moisture-holding soil, preferably with a low pH. Our natural okay. soils in southern Ontario and northern New York tend to be clay-based soils and tend to be on the alkali. And not as acidic as a rhododendron would like. So what you can do is you can, in the spring, get a hold of something called soil acidifier. Read the instructions and add that to your soil as per the instructions around the base of the rhododendron. As well, if you have any pine trees on your property or neighbors with pine trees and they're raking up spruce needles or pine needles, put those around the base of your rhododendron just as a mulch, but also as a way to slowly lower the pH of the soil. Don't be digging up around a rhodo. They're very shallow rooted, but do get a hold of some specific fertilizer, which we'll say right on it. You know, rhododendron and azalea food or or acid-loving fertilizer, or something like that, and again use that in the spring as per the directions on the package, just to try and feed that plant with some proper nutrients. Try and get it to be a fatter, healthier, juicier plant, and water it in the summer if we get into drought conditions because they do not like to, to dry right out. They that's when they tend to sh- their leaves tend to shrivel up. Okay. Okay.
8: And what was the product? The soil acidity. What was that? It's
3: actually called soil acidifier.
8: Acidifier. Yeah,
3: and it's a sulfur-based product which you will add okay. to the soil to help lower the pH. The other, uh, the other option that's out there is something called aluminum sulfate. Again, it's sold in a box. It'll say aluminum sulfate right on it. It is often used as well as a pH-lowering amendment for the soil. I'm not a huge fan of it just because I don't really like the idea of adding aluminum to my soil, the, the sulfur is okay. The aluminum is a, is a metal that I'd rather not add to my soil, but uh, it has to be bonded to something. So, that, you know, the sulfur is not, ever, never travels alone. It's always got something holding it there. But uh, nevertheless, soil acidifier would be my first choice. Aluminum sulfate would be the second.
2: Now, Barbara is going to add this in the spring, yep. right? Amend the soil in the spring. And f- so she should see some results if results are going to be happening. She should
3: see some new growth in the summer. Okay. And it should look a lot better next fall.
2: I'm trying to guarantee a call for next summer then. <laughs> Barbara, would you call back and let us know how everything went?
8: Yes, you know what? The, uh, this isn't the first thing that was planted here that should, it was in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. My hostas are in a lot of uh, sun, too. Oh, which my. I've been slowly transplanting. Right. And I think that's part of the problem, evidently, with the rhododendron. But I'm a fighter, and I don't, let, I don't pull anything out or throw anything out. Until I've given it every opportunity
2: Every chance, huh? That's stay with good. Me. Okay. Yes. Yep.
8: Excellent. Well, that's great. Well, look, good luck with that and
3: let us know how it works out. I, it's definitely worth trying to save.
8: I will. I know we're only supposed to ask one question, but can I make a comment? Sure. About geraniums? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, the geraniums this year, as I've heard on your show many times, were so gorgeous. Mm. And mine were just gorgeous, gorgeous. Killed so me to pull them out.
3: There you go. So what I
8: did was, I took all of the flowers
3: mm-hmm. that were
8: gorgeous, and I put them in a vase with water. Uh huh. And I, I because I couldn't part with them, I couldn't just throw them in the garbage. No, yeah. exactly. And G- I never thought of doing that before. They lasted for Oh
3: really? That's wow. Good. Is that
2: ever good? Yeah.
3: Normally we don't gorgeous. think of geraniums as long-lived cut flowers.
8: That's great. Never, never. But like I said, I had so many of them, and they yeah. were so gorgeous yeah. that I like, I thought, you know what? You could die in an hour, but I, I, you're going to have to be dead before I threw you out. <laughs> I, They're pretty, pretty cheerful, aren't they? Yeah.
2: Oh, they? Oh, that's great.
8: I'm telling you, they lasted forever. That's great. Gorgeous. I just wanted to share
2: that. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love you.
8: your show. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you for tuning Thank in. You. Uh, all the best. Appreciate in, uh,
3: the call. Happy, uh, Happy New, New, New year. year. Yeah.
2: Barbara from Buffalo. There yeah. you go.
3: Dreams uh, and, as cut flowers. That's well, a new one. It's
2: funny. Uh, Diane and I have been staying in a hotel here in town because of the Christmas season and so yes. forth. And uh, I was doing a little bit of shopping to get some food uh, for the uh, uh, room we're in, and uh, I saw this little five dollar. I mean, I'll let you know how cheap I am. Five dollar <laughs> <know>. cut like, <laughs> flowers, but they're very a beautiful. Little bouquet, yeah. a little bouquet So I got die the flowers, and she was thrilled. You know, ladies like to so I was receive say, flowers. Women are so easy to please. Yeah, Go ahead. But I, I thought, now, what am I going to put them in? So I had an empty wine bottle, and I've got them. And, the, you know, I filled the wine bottle up pretty good with water and kind of jammed them down in there, and they're perfect. Oh, they, they you
3: are just the most creative guy I know.
2: Well, give me a wine bottle of flowers, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm away to the races. I'm telling you. you.
3: You know, you can always call down to the front desk and say, I need a vase. They'll bring you one.
2: <laughs> Too much, you know too much to do too Too much much work it's interesting what you can get in hotels Oh, I know. No, and this this place we're staying I need slippers.
3: Yeah. I need uh, toothpaste. I need, you know, whatever. I need a bank account. Yeah, exactly. How about that? that yeah. Uh, yeah, you can get anything you want out of hotels usually. Okay. You just got to ask.
2: But you know, I'm just looking at yep. the time. we got to get to a break point. here at 945 here on a Saturday morning, the last Saturday, last garden show of the year. We'll be back to talk to Bruce in just a couple of moments. Frank Proctor, your sous chef of the garden, along with Charlie Daubin, our master gardener, welcoming Bruce on the line from Etobicoke. Hey. Bruce, good day. How are you? Good, thanks. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. The last few
9: weeks uh, going back, you were talking to, I think, a couple of fellows that I remembered. They had their grass devastated in the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't know whether it was uh, grubs or what, and they tried. And you gave them the name of some, I don't know whether it's (coughs) seed or liquid, Mm -hmm. you could put on to work down to kill those grubs. Right. What was it?
3: Well, it's actually even, not even a, um, a product name. It's it's the active ingredient in the product, and they are actually called nematodes. Just a minute now. So, Nema? N-E-M-I?
9: N-E-M-A. N-E-M-A. N-E-M-A T-O-D-E-S. T-O-D-E-S. To, uh, toads. Nematodes? Yeah, nematodes. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is that, Uh
3: it's actually, the common name for a nematode is a wire worm. It is a living insect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a living thing. Yeah. But it's literally like a piece of wire is, when it's full grown. Almost with,
2: microscopic. Exactly,
3: like, like, a, like a piece yeah. of hair. Like they're very, very thin uh, <laughs> worms. I could try a wire. <laughs> That's right, you could. <laughs> but the, these are living creatures. So when you apply them to your soil, you're actually applying living eggs well, to your soil
9: the problem we had our front wasn't bad they got into that but that seemed to cure itself but our back boy did they have a ball mm. and they just uh, you know this went eliminated parts of the grass in the area so i thought you can buy these at a nursery
3: yeah what you'll do you go to a good it's good Quality nursery. Yeah. And uh, where you are in Etobicoke, there's places like Sheridan's, there's all kinds of different oh, nurseries yeah, out your yeah. way. They'll have a refrigerator, and inside the refrigerator is where you will find the nematodes.
9: Nematodes.
3: Yeah. And they're actually eggs. And the yeah. eggs are in a sponge, and you'll follow all the instructions and you know, take them home, follow the instructions, and apply in early August yeah. to the areas of your lawn where you've had grubs in the past.
9: Well, I'm hoping to what I'm hoping to do. I got to dig it up mm-hmm. and um, repair, and and maybe even put sod in. I don't know yet.
3: Yeah, but, uh, but with your digging up though, don't do it too early in the spring. Let the raccoons and the yeah. starlings and all the skunks and everybody do what they want to do to pull out as many grubs first before well, all, you fix your lawn. I'd Wait till catch. May.
9: I'd love to catch one of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which, the grubs? They're easy to catch. <laughs> yeah, not the grubs. <laughs> oh. No. Anyway, we'll see what we can do. All right. Well, good Thanks. luck with that, Bruce. And a uh,
9: Happy New Year to you and that fella with the cold. Uh, yeah, thank you. thank you. I'm trying uh, to keep my,
5: welcome, d- n- my uh, distance from very him. Much, I'll tell you.
2: Right <laughs> bye Appreciate the good thoughts and uh, you're loaning us your ears okay. here on a Saturday morning. And,
3: and for anybody who has access to a computer and wants to just go to you know their internet mm-hmm. type in www.nematode.ca okay and you will see it's actually a, a commercial but you can ignore the commercial part of it there is a very good animated which well, not even animated it's a very good um pictorial it's a film actually of uh-huh. nematodes attacking a grub oh yeah
2: Oh, I, I like, I like action films. So I should show you that. That's it's action. Nice. Yeah, I'll yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, she's bringing it right up I online can bring here. I'm it up for you. Okay. Uh, uh, our time is 9.49. We're going to take a little bit of a break here in a second. Oh, we're taking we, a we break? We do I have a, do. a couple of lines open. So I'll, I'll while you're doing that, Charlie, okay. on the computer, I will give the phone numbers. For those in Toronto, it's 416-360-0740. Pardon me. And then anywhere else in the province, of course, toll free. Won't cost you a dime. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Okay. Oh yeah, and I see you've got it online here. And there's a picture of uh oh that's the the big fat thing there is the a grub. grub. Right. And all the little wiry guys Those are
3: the nematodes. Are
2: the nematodes. And look at that. They're attacking my <laughs> Gatfried, it looks like Normandy, uh, uh, just Worse. unbelievable. Yeah, well, yeah, well, hello. <laughs> it, it really uh, it, that's that's quite a, a pictorial yeah, view. Yeah,
3: that gives you a good sense of what mm-hmm. what how it works. What and nematodes these guys, look
2: like. uh, as as you well described, it's like little pieces of wire, mm-hmm. uh, but they're live little guys. And boy, those nematodes really working at that grub. Yeah, that's right. Say bye-bye, grub. Say bye-bye, grub. (laughs) And i am got to say bye-bye for a couple of moments here while we uh, take a little commercial break, and we'll be back to talk to our listeners here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin from AM740.
10: From boring old walls and standard doors to crown molding and gleaming hardwood floors or a bathroom where you can lose yourself and all sense of time. Two more gift ideas from Royal Home Improvements. It doesn't get any better than home for the holidays. So go ahead and choose your renovation. Royal Home Improvements is ready to build it and help you design it. Surprise your family by calling now and getting on the short list for construction early in the new year. Booking today guarantees you'll pay 2012 prices in 2013. It also comes with one more gift a free HD TV with any kitchen, basement, bathroom, or interior renovation. Certain conditions apply. Royal Home Improvements, where seniors never pay tax. Call today, 416 236 4400, or visit royalhomeimprovements.ca.
0: Royal Home Improvements is a proud partner with the Sick Kids Foundation.
10: Fur and feathers and bugs of all
1: size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And thank you, folks, for helping Charlie and I wrap up uh, the old year and get into the new one. Judy is online from uh, Scarborough. Hey, good morning, Judy. Hi, good Judy. Good evening, you. Thank you.
3: Morning. Hi, Charlie. What's going on in your garden?
4: Uh, well, it's not my garden. Um, I had a hibiscus in a pot outside for the summer, and I brought it in in the winter. Mm-hmm. But um, it keeps fo- the leaves keep falling off, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I water it maybe once a week, well once a week, but um only when the the soil seems um dry, mm-hmm. but the leaves just keep falling all the time.
3: Have you got it in a sunny window?
4: Yeah, I have it in a corner near to uh, where there's lots of light coming
3: into it. Okay. So, the, and are there any drafts, hot drafts or cold drafts uh, blowing on this plant? Um there's no um the,
4: there is a um heater but it's uh, it's about um 5 feet away from it. Oh.
3: Okay, like I, like,
4: I cover the heater so the heat wasn't coming, blasting up.
3: Good, okay, that's a good idea. Uh, Alright, so, th- you, so you're so you right about the having it in the sunniest location, that's important. Yeah. Do not, um, the watering thing, it's very hard to kill a hibiscus with lack of water. Yeah. It's much easier to kill a hibiscus with too much water. Okay. So what I would do is before you put any more water on the plant, uh-huh. feel not only the surface of the soil, make sure it it feels good and dry, yeah. but actually dig down a little bit with your finger. Go down, you know, two okay. inches. Make sure it's dry down a good inch or two into the soil okay. before you water. Okay. When you water, water thoroughly so that the water comes out of the the drainage holes in the bottom of the pot. Okay. And I assume it is in a pot with drainage. Yes, it is. And so, you and it's in a there's a saucer below, and that would catch the water. So you'll know when you've done a good thorough watering Uh but again, no water until it's really dry. Now it might be 10 days 2 weeks, 3 weeks between waterings
4: Oh, okay, okay. maybe when I water it I really don't put a lot of water because Mm -hmm. I don't want to over overwater it. So maybe um, that's my problem.
3: People often do that. They'll kind of do those little light top surface Mm -hmm, waterings and not ever really truly water deep. So better to water rarely, but Uh thoroughly rather Uh than a little bit all the time. Yeah, I will try that. Maybe that will work. And the other thing to keep in mind is that when plants that have been outside come inside Uh and drop some leaves over the next period of weeks, if not months, it's very, very common because okay. the, mind you, it still looks very healthy. Right, it's just it keeps yeah. dropping leaves, and it's dropping older leaves, leaves from yeah. the bottom and leaves from the inside, and that's uh-huh. because those leaves were set up for the sun levels and the light levels outdoors. Yeah, but now that it's indoors, the light levels have dropped, and those leaves can't survive because they're, they, they're, there's not enough light. Okay, so they, they drop, and new leaves grow. That's okay. what happens.
4: Well, thanks a lot for All your right. help, um, Charlie. And I've I've met you at a home show, and I enjoyed your show. And I'm happy that I'm able to talk to you now and find out something about a plant of
3: mine. That's great. Well, That's great,
2: Judy. Thank thanks you. so much well, for your call.
3: It's a um, new year, and you too. Happy New Year. Bye. 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 Now
2: 9:56. As we uh, hurry along here to Bob in Innisfil. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good
5: morning, Charlie. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you?
3: I'm well. How are you?
5: It's terrific. I just wanted to make a comment. We were listening with a lot of interest about your discussion on the nematodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought it was pronounced nematodes, but thanks You've... for correcting me. Okay. Um, this, we just sold a house in the spring where the lawn had been just totally devastated by grubs. Mm-hmm. And we had applied the nematodes, but we found out later on that we had applied the wrong... The wrong um, or whatever yeah. called, we had leather jackets not white grubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the leather jackets had just devastated this was it was actually gross if it rained the uh, the leather jackets would just cover the driveway
3: ooh they're and they're ugly
5: oh they're ugly rising mass. yeah well <laughs> so anyways I want to make that comment that the leather if you have leather jackets you have to treat them differently than the white grubs.
3: well I, and actually you're right and it's a what it is it's a nematode it's just a different variety
10: so it it,
3: you know that's exactly this is this whole biological control world that we live in now so there's been a lot of work and a lot of research and development on very specific insects to control other insects so yes in the spring the only nematodes you even apply are the ones that are designed to get the the leather jackets right
5: okay by the time we discovered what we had we couldn't get the nematodes or the leather jackets. We were told they wouldn't yeah. come in until uh, late summer. Right,
2: right. Bob, it soo- uh, sounds like you're on the road right now. Is that so?
5: We're on the road.
2: Where, where are you heading?
5: We're headed south uh, from Innisfil on 400. uh Little uh, sloppy out here, but certainly possible. Everybody's moving hands uh, nicely and doing a good job
2: driving. Well, that's good, great. Good. Just kind of slow down everybody and, and you take too. it easy. Take it easy. Thank you for joining us on the last show of this year. Yeah,
3: and thanks for sharing that that info about leather jackets. A good point.
2: Take care, Bob, and a happy new year to you and all the rest of the folks in your car. Okay, we are got to Okay, have a happy new year, Bob. Um, gee, it's been a, a wild show, various uh, subjects. I know,
3: oh. we're all over the country too, I know. it's with no. our calls. Look that, at that. And yeah. other countries. We're all over the world.
2: Uh, exactly.
3: So you're here for a while.
2: Yeah, I'm, I've brought my cot in. I'm going to have a little, <laughs> a little nappy poo. <laughs> I hope uh, so. <laughs>
3: Rest your voice.
2: No, well, I'm on the air because uh, the uh, Dave's Corner Garage guys, you know. Uh, they're in they're, Florida, they're I They're on, yeah, somewhere <laughs> just sunny. Maybe the, they're,
3: you know, Indian. Who knows? knows. Anyway, uh, they're, they're
2: not doing the show. So, and then, uh, of course, um, the health show is not on this week. Right. So that means Frankie is holding forth on the airwaves from 9, uh, 10, awesome. pardon me, 10, right through till 3 with my uh, show uh, live in the city. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a three-hour, uh, three-o'clock show a uh, Saturday Sinatra. Is on oh too. gosh! So, so you
3: really you're just like I've, it's the Frankie day. It's it is. I
2: owned AM
3: seven. <laughs> I was going to say from... I'm allowed to come in for one hour, and pretty much you you That's own right. the rest of the day. That's <laughs> no right. wonder you're trying to take my show well, over. Yeah. <laughs> you want to
2: complete the job, you know? Dan, super job, my friend, our our new producer Dan, on the morning show. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Garden show.
3: And thanks to all our great callers. And you have a wonderful day. Just look after your voice. Yeah, say, chicken soup. You're right.
2: Probably you some need chicken soup. some
3: soothing stuff there. All right, and thanks to the great. Callers. Thank you, Frank, for being such a good sous-chef. And, of course, what's your resolution for 2013?
2: Uh, try not to take over the show. Okay, good. Yeah, Thank I'll you for no that. I'll no longer be the host, I'll just Remember, simply be the, the sous- sous-chef. Or the undergarden. That's right. right. Okay, I've
3: got Write to get that, that ingrained
0: down. in my little noggin. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> take care. And thanks, everybody. And we'll, we'll see you next week, but we'll also see you all
0: next year. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin